Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk. Um, tonight we're just going to discuss the situation with Deion Sanders. I find is very fascinating. Um, myself and uh, I have a special, special, special friend. Um, she's here tonight to help me facilitate the show, and us to have a conversation. We're just scratching the surface with the issue with Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State, which is the HBCU that he has coached for three years, and he moved on to go to coach Colorado University, the Buffaloes that's in Boulder, Colorado. Um, some of the backlash that Dion has taken from the black community in regards to this move has been interesting. Um, a lot of stuff has been said. A lot of people feel like he has misled the black community with asking the black community to ride with him with um changing the narrative of HBCUs. It's a couple of things that I do know from being a football fan about HBCUs and about the pros and about predominantly white colleges. I don't consider myself an expert, but I consider myself somebody that's a fan. And I kind of know a little bit about a little bit. So What's going on, Drea? What's going on? Oh, I'm you you join you join me for a topic that um it's interesting because it's not poetry. Yeah. And uh it's it's not cooking. Yeah. Those are those are two of your things. Um introduce yourself to our to, to this audience. Most people know you from the poetry world that have watched the channel. But um explain to people who you are, where you're from, your background, so forth and so on. Hello everyone, my name is Andrea. I go by Miss Drea the Poet. I am a mother, poet, chef. Um, I love, you know, helping my community and things like that. I also went to college, but I didn't go to a HBCU. I have heard like pros and cons about HBCUs as well. I'm just joining you here to just discuss the topic of Deion Sanders and his choice to move to a, away from HBCUs. Um, one of the things that I always find myself, and I have a niece that graduated from HBCU, as well as some other family members, um, I always had kind of an interesting take on HBCUs and the people that graduate from HBCU, some of them that I've come across, and how they look at other Blacks when they come back to the community they're from. Mm -hmm. Um. So I always had this this prejudice or preconceived notion about HBCUs. Um, I know that a lot it, it's a lot of pride. I know people that go there they're very prideful of going to HBCU. So when Dion first went to Jackson State, um, I thought it was interesting because Dion probably is the most high profile coach of a HBCU because he's a Hall of Fame NFL player. There's other NFL players that coach. I know um, Eddie George is the coach of Tennessee State as well as Hugh Jackson, who was a former NFL coach, is coaching the HBCU as well. But when Dion went there three years ago, he basically did turn the program around and he had an undefeated season this year. And um, I always thought like, yo, what is Dion doing as a, as a, as a fan of him? When he played professional sports, I know that he's very prideful. He has a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff about him that most people would consider cockiness, but I believe he's very strong-willed, strong faith, 
strong, confident, confident in himself, confident in his ability to be able to to affect change. So, Dre, the message that he was giving those kids and giving people in general, I believe, was from a sincere place. I was so shocked that um, after three years, he decided to leave because this is what they do in colleges. The bigger colleges come calling, offer you money, and, uh, and, and most coaches do this. This is not a, a, a black thing or a white thing. This is what coaches do. They elevate themselves to go on to bigger coaches, bigger facility. And at the end of the day, we're in a capitalist country, more money. Yes. So I had sent you all this stuff. What did you what do you think about the backlash? Well, I believe that a lot of times people are just ready to hop on a bandwagon and just attack somebody instead of getting to the deeper root of it and understanding. Like he did a great thing, right? So he did all these great things. So we're gonna forget about what he did and ridicule him for his decision and his choice to move to a different college. Instead of like trying to have a open conversation about it positively. Like, why did he decide to do it? What are your thoughts on this instead of attacking him? And that's most of the time what we do as humans. You know, we go to the all the way left to the negative instead of trying to find a positivity in it. So I think that's the big mistake that we all make. Um, I feel like it's his prerogative, right? He can make a choice to leave and do something that would be better for him, his career, his family. At the end of the day, we won't know exactly why he made the choice unless he come out and let people know this is why I did it. But he made a great impact, like you said, right? He came in, he changed the college, he made it better. He stayed there for three years. That's a pretty, you know, long time to make a difference and change people's lives, you know? So I think that was a good thing. One of, one of the other issues I think that a lot of people ain't realizing is that Dion got robbed. They, they broke his office down there. Um and just recently, from what I understand, they found a dead body on campus oh, in wow. the trunk of a car or something crazy. And I know most people think that this is normal, but some of us, some of us, we've we've allowed ourselves to not to not to normalize that type of behavior, not to want to be around it. And they don't got clean water in Jackson. I mean, I believe they tried. He was he he was getting three hundred thousand dollars a year. He was giving half of that salary back to back to the university. And I think that a lot of times people don't understand that these universities, whether they're HBCUs or predominantly white institutions, they survive off of their alumni and boosters. Mm-hmm. Every college, whether you're you're whether you're you're public or private, you have to have an alumni. And I think a lot of us, a lot of black people we tend to not give back I don't know to the universities that we want to or to any other the HBCUs HBCUs um from what I understand they're really poorly ran I know that it was a big scandal in Howard about their dorms and from what we hear this is Howard University this is prideful our vice president went to Howard a lot of known actors went to Howard how could this happen? But at the end of the day, we're not giving back our money to these HBCUs that we want to. Exactly. And I, I mean, I take pride in everything that I do. You know, the schools that I attend right now, 
attend a poetry school. So I try to do a lot like um, catering, donated food, making sure you put on, you know, shows, donated money and things like that. So I think when it's something that you really are prideful in and they don't teach you that part, right? They teach you this script. So everybody say this script, this is how we feel and everybody go repeat that, right? Um, sometimes it doesn't really make sense in the choices that we choose. So you say these things, but then like you said, you don't give back. So how are you prideful? What are you doing to show the pride of your school? What are you doing to help your school? Are you going back to volunteer? Are you going back to mentor, you know, younger college students or anything like that? It doesn't have to be monetary all the time. It can mm -hmm. be your time. You know, you can get other people to come and donate, you know, just talking about how, why are you prideful about the school? What have this school done for you to make you feel this way? So, yeah. Yeah, I did, and did I, I personally, you know, I personally believe that it's a lot of people people in it for um, profit. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of mismanagement of funds going on. And I think that because you see it, you even see it in the PWIs when, when it's a big program and the, and the football, football generates so much money. The sports generate so much money that a lot of these schools sometimes to say, okay, these school, the, the football sports programs is generating money. I'm going to take it and do all this other stuff and not give back to the very same football program that's generating money. I know that the, um, the SWAC conference that they're in, they assigned this streaming service deal with the with the TV, and from what I understand, it's not really beneficial to the school. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I did notice is the facilities in Jackson State, um, opposed to a lot of things that a lot of people in other parts of the country may not understand. You have high schools in the state of Texas that got better facilities than some of these HBCU HBCU universities. So you got high school football like like where you're from in California. Mm -hmm. High school places that that are like the mini Coliseum where they just state of the art, you know, um they, and they treat the student, the high school student gets treated better than Jackson Jackson State University students. So yeah. I think that played a big part in his decision and what he really wanted to do for the kids. I think he he probably exhausted. And even, even what we would consider our celebrities, our celebrities don't be giving money back to the HBCUs. I was just, I remember a couple months ago or a couple years ago, Dr. Dre gave $75 million to USC. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was probably for like a music program or something, yeah, or something program. they wanted to do. But yeah, no. and I'm not I'm not saying Dr. Dre's right or wrong for doing it, but he did it for a reason. He gave it to USC. And it's part of his reason. community, right? He lives mm -hmm. in California. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of part of where he's from. So he's trying to make it, you know, better and get it more inclusive. And maybe yeah. that was his reasoning for doing it. So I have to. I have a video I want to show. Um, this is Dion with his with his Jackson State play, players when he told them that he was leaving. I thought it was very interesting. Some of the things that he said, and I thought that he was very sincere with some with some of the things. Hearing the rumors and uh, everything that's been transpiring around about uh, my whereabouts and what I'm going to do, and I like for y'all to hear it from me and not uh, from anyone else. Um, it is what it is. Either 
in coaching, you get elevated or you get terminated. Ain't no other way. You either elevated or terminated. And it ain't no graveyard for coaches where they die at the place. It don't work like that. They either gonna run you off or you gonna walk off uh, upon your own recognizance. I've chosen to accept the job elsewhere next year. I'm gonna finish what we started. We're gonna dominate. I'm gonna be here to that end and that conclusion. And then when that conclusion, we will move on. Now, what I don't want you to do is thinking uh, something is better on the other side in regards to some of you. I would like to have the opportunity to meet with some of you so you don't go and jump in the portal and you die in the portal. I don't want that to happen because some of y'all thinking it's, it's simplistic like that and it's not. Um, that portal will be loaded on, is it Monday, fellow? Monday, portals opens, be loaded, and they're going to call and they're going to ask because that's what we've done for some of y'all when we were trying to acquire y'all. We called and we asked your coaches, anyone we knew, what kind of character, what is it, and I don't want you thinking since you have the Jackson State um, awards on you that people are just going to flock to you and they're going to lace you like that. This is uh, one of the best universities, I believe, certainly in FCS, um, that you could have an opportunity to play at because of all the bells and whistles and these particular things that we brought here. And I'm trying my best with this wonderful gentleman to help choose this next guy for you. Um, my recommendation goes to TC. Uh, they know how I feel about TC. I want TC and uh, several of the staff members are going to be retained here, but that's mine. I, I would love for someone in-house because I, I don't really know how y'all would act with somebody outside the house coming in to really not understanding how we function, how we get down. So that's my recommendation. So let's clap it up, TC. Hope <laughs> That's how it goes down, but uh, uh, that's is, that's not his sole decision. So don't put it on him. He has a hierarchy that he must go through for that to happen, right? Ad, um, I would not be handling one for this man. With all you have no idea the trials and tribulations that we stood back to back and uh, worked out for some of the things that you don't even know about. Some of the things that y'all have no idea about. And uh, I'm not tired of fighting whatsoever, but if I heard God's voice on coming, don't second guess of my hearing ability. I know God, and I know when he shifts, and I know when he moves, and I know how he gets down with me. I always, I always question things when I was a player. How can you be so dominant and have to play for five football teams? That don't make sense to me. I ask God that often. But then I had to understand when he's taking you from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and allowing you to provoke change in different places, that's why he would allow me to play for five darn football teams and four baseball teams, because it doesn't supposed to happen like that. But I understand the calling that he has on my life. Um, and I feel like I got to do something about it. 
it's been four or more African-American head coaches at the next level that has been terminated. I haven't heard not one other than a candidate like myself to replace them. So to me, that's a problem that many don't think about, but that's a problem if someone don't step up and step out and hold it down for us, that's a problem. And many of detractors, I guess they don't understand college football consists of 70% African-American, I don't care where you're at. It just happens to be more at an HBCU. But it's not like I'm not gonna speak into the lives of young African-American men and women um, alike. Because my challenge is still to provoke change no matter where I am. And I'm gonna be me. I'm 55 and I don't plan on changing no time soon. Um, God made me like this, and, and, and I think God is pleased with what he's created. This is probably the toughest moment for me ever because it involves y'all. If it didn't involve y'all, I'm out. But when I talked about his story and understand some of y'all's stories that I've come to know, and just seeing the progression and seeing what 11 did out there today and just seeing what some of you guys uh, have climbed to is believable. And that's the thing that, that got me. That, that's the thing that's holding me hostage is y'all faces. And not only y'all, but the uh, equipment team. I'm going to let you make it today, baby girl. I'm going to let you make it. The equipment team, the training. Well, what do you think? I think that it was very um, honorable of him to address it with his team and talk to everybody and let him know his reasoning for it and why he's doing it. And you get a better understanding. Like he said, you make it to a certain level and then you terminate it or you move on to something else without yeah, I, saying much, right? And, and also, like, the guy that's, that may take over the coach, TC is one of his coaches. And one of the things that a lot of people may not realize he can do. Give in people opportunities. Year, yeah, in a year or two, they could schedule Jackson State to play Colorado. And that that will get Jackson State revenue. Just by paying, just by playing a power conference school, um, they'd probably get blown out because it's a bigger school. Um, the facilities and they might beat them. You never know, but they it's ways that he can help. It's ways that he can assist Jackson State going forward and other HBCUs. One of the things that I wanted to talk about that he mentioned was the transfer portal. The transfer portal is a thing in college um, sports where a lot of kids go when they want to transfer out of school for any particular reason, they make the coach may have moved on, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever reason. And you've seen a lot of kids who had committed to Jackson state oh, and or Colorado, like the Colorado quarterback from what I understand, he transferred because Dion's son is a top quarterback and he's coming. Dion's son probably would be one of the best quarterbacks in the country next year. And I don't think that he was getting the exposure that he may have deserved to get because of Jackson State. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that is unfortunate about the HBCUs nowadays, there are more players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that went to HBCUs than got drafted in the NFL in the first round. So I don't think people understand, like at one time in this country, the HBCUs was pumping them out to the professional levels. And then for some reason, the the, the predominantly white institutions got bigger in within the 80s and the 90s, probably the mid 80s to 90s. They got bigger and they got more powerful. The revenues got, got serious. Like I said, the alumni and the boosters really, really put their money behind yeah. their institutions. It matters. Like fundraising, getting that money, it matters. It's like some of the facilities that you you know you go to might be ran down and people don't want to go to those schools. They want to live comfortably. There's not a lot of um rooms for a lot of kids to go there. I used to work through this agency when I was younger and clean the dorms at USC and they were horrible. <laughs> so <laughs> Experience and different things, and you know, just working in the bookstores or working on campus, you know, with some of the students, they complain a lot about the monies, even at some, you know, big colleges. So we could just imagine the small colleges what they're going through, the lack well, it's, of funds. Um, it's it's amazing because I don't, I don't live too far from um, one of the Penn State colleges, one of the, the separate, not the main campus. That's out in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, but I live close to one of the one of the what we consider satellite college mm-hmm. and it's huge. And I know, I know growing up in Jersey, Rutgers used to be a small, smaller university. And within the last 15, 20 years, the area that Rutgers in the two towns and basically the area is Middlesex County. I mean, it revived that college changed that whole city. I mean, the, the infrastructure is, is amazing. They got a beautiful stadium down there. And that all came from the alumni and the sports mm-hmm. programs were giving back to the university and giving back to, you know, the city and, and, and really people putting their money where their mouth was. And, and, it's, and it's unfortunate that we see a lot of HBCUs that, that really, really be struggling. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. But that's all I wanted us to discuss. I'm, I really I want your take on it. I know you, you know, I know you be having a lot going on like me. We think a lot. You always, you know, thinking. And I find it fascinating. And um, it's always something going on with, with, with Jackson State and Dion. And one of the things that I noticed that he did, Dion, like I always say, Dion is coming us so if Dion comes in our household, we know mm-hmm. who he is. But mm-hmm. the reason why a lot of the kids know who Dion is, because Dion is very for for as we would say, an older brother, like he said, fifty five years old. He's very noticeable on social media. Mm-hmm. He's doing a lot of stuff with Barstool. Um, everybody know Barstool is doing a lot of stuff with Wally and Wallow and Gilly. So he's out there. He's he's. He he has a pulse of what we could say, what most people would say, is the black community. So yeah. I fu- I found it very interesting that people were so upset, and I think that sometimes emotion overrides intellect, and I think that people and are just emotional. Yeah, 
And at the end of the day, he's a capitalist. He got to make money to take care of his family. Yeah. yeah, we may say, we may Google him and be like, well, he worth this much money. He don't need the money. We don't know that man's affairs. Ranch, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's trying exactly. to make opportunities for other black people, like he said, without saying it, like in his speech. You know, I want to give this guy an opportunity to take my place. You know, it's exactly. not really on him, but that's what he want to try to give the opportunity. So if I move along, he will have that opportunity to be a head coach and probably do some the same thing for somebody else. It's just like exactly. a chain reaction, right? And some people just don't get that. Like I always tell people, like, I can't be upset at you about how you feel. That's your feelings. I have to respect that. What you want to do, I have to respect that because I'm not you. I don't live in your shoes. He has mm -hmm. a bigger picture for himself, for his life, for his family. You know, so when he's making that happen, like he said, God, if God had me here for a little while, now it's time for me to move on and I can make it better for other black men at these colleges does not at um, HBCUs. So and for, some, to... and for somebody that's been watching Dion since I was a kid, he's he's his message has always been the same. If you listen to him talk, it's always been solid, like. He believes he has a bigger purpose. He mm -hmm. wants to impact and touch lives. Like when he he left a good job with, like I said, he is a he's a Hall of Fame football player. Dion Dion because he's a Hall of Fame football player, he could probably make anywhere between fifty to a hundred thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollars per speaking engagement when he goes mm -hmm. places. So it really is not always about the money. Yeah, he I I really believe from watching him, like I said. Dion believes that he can affect change. Um, Dion believes he can mold people. And and, yeah. and one of the things that we, we got to understand as black people, Drea, is we all see an ill sometime in our community. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that we all take the same road to correct the ill. Exactly. Some, yeah, sometimes people think, okay, we're going to change the hood as we say clean up the hood. That don't mean some of us gonna be out there with little gar little literally garbage bags clean up the hood. Yes. Some people gonna be trying to get people in programs, assistance, help, education, jobs. Poetry. Some people are going yes, poetry. Some people are gonna do other things. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think, and I remember we used to always say, Yeah, when people get money, the first thing they do is get a barbershop or a hair salon. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes we think that that we're limited in our ability to affect change. But you really don't know a person until you communicate properly with them and ask questions. You can't be so into just yourself or assuming that if I say hi, they're going to have an attitude. But that's the assumptions we make as Black people. Like, it's shocking when somebody is nice or somebody yeah. says hello, you know, or give you a compliment. And that needs to, that stigma about us needs to change with a lot yeah. of things. So. so I don't have any final thoughts. I think the Dion thing is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite sure within the next month or two, we're going to hear something else. Yes. Um, do you have any final thoughts? No, I just remember watching him on his uh, reality show. And things like that. So that's how I kind of, you know, yeah, know, yeah. Follow certain things. And my we're gonna, kids, they play football, so they're really into it. So, well, we're gonna hear something from Dion very soon. It, trust me, mm -hmm. this is just the beginning of 
uh, him and him doing what he's doing. He's all over social media. Actually, if you've seen it in the clip, they're actually doing a documentary as we go on, as he goes on with what he's doing and chronologically everything. A bigger know, so. plan, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So appreciate you, Drea. Thanks glad for you, having. Glad you could join. Um, appreciate everybody that will watch the broadcast. Um, mm-hmm. Stay tuned. I don't know when next time I'm doing a show. Hopefully, I do a show soon. I got to get myself together. But um, okay. remember, remember the show. Remember the channel. Also, does poetry on Mondays, Eastside Connection. Poetry on Tuesday, regular Poetry Corner on Tuesday, Wednesday, the Trending Topics Show with uh, Faith, Tanya, and myself. Thursdays with Drea, uh, Ebb and Flow, and King doing the Westside West Connection. Westside Connection, and that's at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 8 p.m. Pacific Time. And every other Friday, we have a team poetry show. And uh, the first and third Sunday of the month is Conversations with Friends. And just be on the lookout. We're We're about to do some other stuff and appreciate all the support from everybody. And remember, like, share, subscribe. Take care, everybody. And uh, Drea, you already know to stay on. Okay.